This is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where two people that you're listening to right now talk about monsters from the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition Monster Manual in depth, in detail, and we talk about um, not just what they are for the game, but where the idea for them came, what the authors of this game might be trying to make you think about when you play these monsters or when you use them in your game, uh, where they come from, from folklore, what they kind of mean, um, how they get their hooks in you psychologically and mythologically. And maybe there will be bad improv and maybe there will be some other uh, tangents, but uh, that is the, that is it. That's what you, that's what you're signing up for. That's it. That's what we do. So turn back now. Yeah. All we who, uh, what's the monster today? <laughs> okay, it is the we're into the D's, into the bad D's, the demons, demons. There's a lot of them. This is gonna be a thick episode. This is yeah, a lot going on here. So I decided not to go in depth on each individual demon, and instead we will kind of go with the spirit of the book. I think which lumps all of the demons together. Yeah under a common theme and general idea rather than go into each one. We'll talk about each one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but without further ado, this is, I didn't even say the name of the podcast. This is monster oh. manual mash. I'm Chris. and I'm Wes. And these are demons. Demons are spawns spawns. God damn it. Just, <laughs> just stop. Let's just close it down. <laughs> Spawn, singular, Spawn of Chaos. Spawn of Chaos. The Abyss. So Wait, yeah. So the Abyss is a... It's a place. It's a place, But yeah. you, this is the, so yeah. This is the problem sometimes. Um, if you are a first-time dungeon master and you're just reading this book for the first time, trying to pick out monsters to use and just flipping through it, uh, infinite layers of the abyss. It's mentioned right away. Spawned in the infinite layers of the abyss. Uh, you don't know what that is. You have no idea. You can kind of guess. I mean, it's the abyss. Yeah. Um, you probably can get it like ninety percent right. But there are little assumptions and little bits that like don't really present themselves until you read into the individual entries and the more detailed descriptions. So D&D is a multiverse, Mm -hmm. right? The default setting is supposed to be a multi-planar cosmology. So you have the material plane where you and I exist, where humanoids exist. We have our our dramas and our empires rising and falling. And then outside of it, there are several other planes. There's the ethereal plane where ghosts hang out. And then there's like... The shadow fell where like sad ghosts hang out. <laughs> yeah. And then there are, there's like the plane of fire and like elemental planes. And then yeah. there's like each it, of the alignments kind of has its own there's place. There's the Fey Wild. Right. So just yeah. where like Fey, yeah. fairy ghosts hang out. Yeah. Um, there's all of these things. The infinite layers of the abyss is a plane of existence um, owing. It's origins to uh, back in the day when alignment was a lot more important. There was a place for each alignment, each of the nine alignments. Um, The abyss is the chaotic evil 
world. Yeah. So it is like a physical manifestation of the idea of chaotic evil. Uh, so that's what demons are. They are literally uh, extensions of the abyss itself. So the abyss just like spits out demons. Oh, yeah. Spontaneously forming fiends yeah. out of filth and carnage. Filth and carnage. That's great. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like the thing where uh, if you if, if you know a place was messy, too messy, it would just spawn mice. Right. The uh, what was it? The basilisk episode. Yeah, I think we talked about yeah. that. Yeah. So that could be already interesting thing you might want to do is not just uh, have demons come out of the abyss, but also any instance of filth and carnage. Yeah. So if you have like not filth or carnage by itself, if you have like neat and tidy carnage, then demons don't happen. Yeah. But if you like bludgeon somebody with like a, like a barbed wire baseball bat, you know, <laughs> then the little, little blood guy will come out of one of the droplets little blood and start guy. running around. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> and then you could have like battlefield cleaners. Yeah. Who go around like third party battlefield cleaners who like, don't have any stake in the fight who who are like hired to actually just walk around a battlefield and like clean up just like sweep up after everyone so (laughs) that demons don't happen yeah so yeah just to make sure that it doesn't get like uh in the in 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 the abyss too you just like would you maybe have some demons like like i don't want it to get too crowded in here let's keep it neat oh yeah yeah of course yeah because you don't want uh the demons kind of like fight for supremacy right so you'd probably have like cleaner demons keeping uh, their rooms tidy so they don't have to like fight for survival every second. Yeah. Um, so some of the demons are unique. Others are uniform types. Some have their origins as trapped mortal souls shunned or cursed by other gods or otherwise trapped in the abyss. Um, so you can become a demon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. But you can theoretically be a human being, have your soul trapped in the abyss for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and you could, over time, probably eons, uh, rise to become like a demon lord. Right, yeah. Possibly. It's not really like a good career track. It's not really something to like uh, go after. And it's not mentioned in here as like being... A, a pathway to yeah. success it doesn't pay well but i'm gonna get visibility <laughs> yeah like it's not like um like a necromancer learning foul magic to like improve their success but then also they succumb to it it's yeah. like it's not even a, a story that's entertained anywhere it's just like it doesn't happen yeah um i like the idea of of demons being unique and i'm not wild about them being uniform types because that is not chaos yeah to me it's not although then you have to go into the idea of like given infinite possibilities and eventually you're going to hit on one of the possibilities being a uniform type right million million monkeys on a million typewriters right, type yeah. of thing like yeah eventually you hit on law as being one of the chaotic possibilities. Yeah, it's like uh it's like um one of the ideas for like why the big bang would happen. You have like nothing happening for an infinite amount of time, but yeah. like given such a long like as it's infinite, eventually it's just something is just going to start happening, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what the universe is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I can kind of entertain the idea, but I don't think it is presented that way. It's just kind of like taken for granted that there are yeah. u- uniform types. And it gets even more annoying later on when we talk about the types of demon. And then there's like this weird ranking system that doesn't make any sense. Um, but we'll get there. The next uh, description highlight is uh, capricious elevation. Demons only respect power, only obey commands out of fear of destruction. And the more enemies that fall to a demon, the more powerful it becomes. So demons don't listen to you. They don't listen to authority unless they are fear for themselves. Yeah. And the more they kill, the more powerful they become. So they actually um, turn into a higher level demon yeah. type. Yeah. Um, again, I don't like this because it is, there's a hierarchy. Yeah. That seems organized. That's it's not chaotic. too organized. Yeah. Right. And there's too much of, um, uh, there's like, as a demon, like we just kind of joked about, there's a career pathway. There's something for a demon to look forward to when they get up every morning. Yeah. And you like, just got to find smaller things to beat up. And if you, as long as you keep like killing other stuff yeah like you can develop strategies you can like you know you're like getting your lunch and Mm -hmm. you're like kiss your demon wife goodbye for the day and you're like i'm gonna go like put in my eight hours a day beating up smaller creatures it reminds me of like a a, i don't know if you ever played that game spore you heard of Spore? Uh, I, uh, I vaguely remember Spore. It's like a yeah. It's it's by it's like an evolution say, game. Or yeah. Something. So in the beginning part of it, you're like a little microbe, little single cell thing that is like eating other microbes and avo- avoiding bigger microbes, and mm-hmm. you slowly grow and evolve and become bigger and bigger and bigger. Like that's yeah. what being a demon would be like. This is right? like that, except you start off. Um, if you are if you are a human soul, you start mm-hmm. off as like a a a turd with legs and arms. Yeah. You, you're this kind of what happens. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is, that's your day as a demon. And they also like the re one of the reasons I don't like it is because it is very similar to the devils, which yeah. we'll talk about later. And a lot of what a demon is, um, is, is, is in contrast to what a devil is. Yeah. It's like what they are not, but the, in the, there are too many ways that they're similar in, in in my opinion yeah because chaotic evil should mean something else other than these weird hierarchies and like ranking up systems um most don't rise very high before they get knocked down again but those that do can become demon lords and there's a potentially infinite number of demon lords because there are an infinite number of layers of the abyss which is in uh that's not a thing that happens with all planes it's like then the hells where the devils live, there's nine of them right, rigidly. Yeah. So infinite amount because it's chaotic versus um, very fixed yeah. other planes. And most other planes are, are pretty defined as well. Um, demon lords can raise other demons to higher status for their own purposes, but they tend not to because they don't want too much competition happening beneath them. So it's a balancing act that these demon lords have to do to... Uh, keep their power up by having subservient demons, but not have too many. Otherwise they lose grip. And then more details of that happen later. Abyssal invasions. Demons wander the abyss and look for portals to other planes. They crave the chance to spread across the universe and they want to reduce the cosmos to ruin. So this is their main focus. This is all they want to do as well as, I guess, like upgrade themselves 
Um, nations at war will set aside their differences to contain demon outbreak and seal portals. There are signs of corruption. Their mere presence changes the world for the worse. Plants wither and die. Animals shun the sites where demons have made a kill. There might be a stench that never abates. Bitter cold or burning heat. There might be permanent shadows. All kinds of uh, physical manifestations. Weird uh, birds flying upside down. Dogs and cats living together. (laughs) All these things. They are eternal evil. Outside the abyss, demons do not fear death. When defeated, they dissolve into a foul ichor. And ichor is a word I only ever hear when I read about demons. You know? It's, um, I think it's, I, it's supposed to be like, wasn't that what the, the gods in Olympus could eat? Ichor? Yeah. It's, and it's ambrosia, also. Ambrosia, I thought it was. Oh, ambrosia. Yeah. What is, is that? Ichor? Is that, is that angel food? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm speculating. <laughs> I don't think they ate Icar. No, that's something else. I hope Icar is Icar is a Greek mythology better. thing, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm not connected to this internet because this is a new laptop. But this is important stuff. If you're listening live, call in. <laughs> we have the Monster Manual hotline. I'll read the next thing. Great. Well, I look up what Icar yeah, is. Yeah, Icar. <laughs> look up the definition. Oh, Icar. so it's the fluid that flows like blood in the veins of the gods. That's what Icar is. Mm. And uh, it also used to mean watery discharge from a wound. But I think in the modern sense, just like gross fluid. Yeah. That's what Icar is. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a fluid beyond blood. Yeah. It's like we all know what blood is, but then if you have a wound that's bad enough, you get these like extra things that you don't yeah. normally see unless there's a real problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's what that is. Yeah. So uh, they turn into that, and then they reform in the abyss. They can only be killed if you kill them in the abyss, and then they truly uh, cease to exist. Yeah. And even that gets complicated later on. Um, so I love that. I love that rule. Yeah, it's I great. think it's very cool. Because it means that if you ever fight a demon like early on in a yeah. campaign, it gets you can it can return as a far more is like a is a bigger villain later on. Yeah, you know and that's a great return. That's yeah, a yeah, great. Circle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. great uh, bang for your buck in terms of villainy. Yeah, you can have a low level villain. Um, I'm getting a lot of texts from Patrick Holland in character as someone from uh stephen king's it (laughs) so i'll just put this phone somewhere else um the yeah so you can have a recurring villain you can have uh players fight a demon early on and then they have to the demon keeps coming back and then the game becomes going to the abyss to kill the demon in the abyss and doing it like quickly or or moving quickly because they reform. Uh, I think it says somewhere, but like uh, it takes a couple of days for them to reform, so you can get to the abyss and like get set up and, yeah. and go do it before they have a chance to uh, put up their defenses. And that, and, that could be a good reason to try to trap them in something instead of kill them. Yeah, you know, imprison them on this plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all kinds of wacky stuff you can do, and it's a good, uh, um, just a good mechanic and a good, good thing. They have protected essences. Demons can make a special amulet from metals only found in the abyss. 
where they put part of their essence into. So even if they're killed in the abyss, they can reform. So this is a, an exception to the, um, will die if they're killed in the abyss rule. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's this weird, like lich factory yeah. thing. <laughs> it's a lot like that. It's pretty much the same thing. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. And I, just something weird about demons m- making an amulet making jewelry like a, or like particularly it has to be an amulet yeah I don't know why it seems pretty arbitrary i don't like the idea of like crazy demons i always liked having um, a little locket with like them and their best buddy in it yeah i always liked in uh in uh the diablo games yeah particularly in the first one yeah um where the the when you beat it it's it's the game came out in the 90s this is, this is not a spoiler um <laughs> but when you beat it to contain the evil because it's inside of the soul stone the crystal right it's like it's inside of this crystal and so your protagonist jams it into his forehead right to contain it yeah. right but it's not like an amulet that you put on it's not like a piece of jewelry it's like this crystal that you have to stab into your right. body it makes more sense because yeah. it's like an elemental yeah. thing because these creatures these demons are like elemental evil they're like they're like made of the very substance of yeah that. totally they don't make jewelry, except they do in this one. Uh, it specifies amulet, too. That seems yeah, strange. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why it's weird. It's not just like a thing. It can't it's be like a ring. Amulet. Yeah. If can't someone a cufflink. <laughs> if someone else gets the amulet, they can coerce the demon to do things. So, uh, and if destroyed, the demon is trapped in the abyss for a year and a day. So those are more kind of suggested campaign things. Uh, if someone else gets the amulet, they can coerce the demon to do things. So either right. a villain can have an amulet where they can control a demon or players can try to get their hands yeah. on such an amulet. And then the campaign becomes about like, well, how do you deal with these like probably evil player characters and how does the world react to them? And then off you go. <clears throat> so, uh, oh, there's a lot of these. There's a lot of what? Uh, these bolded headings. There's a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next is demonic cults. Mortals covetous of demonic power. They further demon lords wills in exchange for magic and other boons, but they are treated as tools to be thrown away. And then their souls go to the abyss. So that's the price. Yep you pay if you are into demons there's a lot of things to start cults about in D. yeah seems like demons would be not your first choice but if if they're your thing then that's the deal you get you get you do get stuff you get magic and boons yeah um but you will probably end up in the abyss which is not great yeah i see if you're gonna start a cult do it with devils because you can be upwardly mobile with mm-hmm. devils you know yeah you kind of know what you're getting into yeah um, it's above board. I guess the allure of a demon cult is that there's no strings attached. You can just do whatever. You can just do it and yeah. you might get away scot-free. Yeah. But you might not. Cause it, so if you're a chaotic evil player, right? Like in character. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, you don't, you don't want any strings. You just want to be able to like wreck shit. Yeah. So, yeah. You want to be tied down. Yeah. Demons love Tinder. They're, plus, on, they're on the Tinder. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like, when your soul goes to the abyss, then you just get to keep wrecking shit in the abyss. So Yeah, but it's not really... You don't really have a good time. No. You know, the thing is, too, it's weird. Like, you don't... 
every of every one of the demons has its own prescribed like personality trait yeah. or traits. They have their own set of behaviors. So I don't really think that you get to keep your like you're the same shell, but yeah. your insides are different when you move up. Yeah, like some aspect of you maybe carries over, but a maybe. lot of other stuff changes. Yeah, because yeah. each each of the types of demons has its own roles and things right. that they do. Yeah. And so I don't think you get to keep yourself. Unless you become a demon lord, I guess, but even that seems, uh, that's that's, again, not what you should be shooting for. You don't tell your guidance counselor you want to be like, yeah. I don't know what's what. Do, what do people want to be? I was gonna say a rock star, but they're like, what "Does that even mean anymore?" Um, kids now <laughs> probably want to be uh, YouTube you know, influencers. You know, in- yeah. influencers. That's, that's that's what that's, that's yeah. They want to be uh, popular on Twitch. For. They want to be professional yeah, streamers. Yeah, yeah, professional streamers. Yeah. that's what I was. That's what I was trying to get at. They want to be rock stars. Nobody cares. Anyways, demon summoning dangerous even among those who hang out with devils, which are another thing. Uh, even though demons want to be on the material plane, so they want to come to the material plane and like and flip tables, uh, they hate being taken there against their will. It takes exact preparations to prevent the demon from breaking free, but it can be done. Bound demons. There are three specific books that can tell you demon to the material plane inside an object. They are the Book of Vile Darkness, which... Um, was an in-universe book that they then made a 3.5 like uh, splat book out yeah. of, and it was like the edge the edgy book because it had <laughs> like horror and it had right. like I think it was actually one of the first mainstream as mainstream as D and D was in the 3.5 era um, like trigger warnings <laughs> one of the first kind of like, trigger warnings I can remember ever seeing right and. Uh, then there's the Black Scrolls of Am, which I know nothing about, and the Demonomicon of Igwilv, which I also know nothing about. So these three things are in-game things you can read uh, or get your hands on to do some demon summoning. It's specially prepared to bind it. Like you have to do these preparations. To bind a demon, it's uh, evil by nature. The simple act of binding a demon is is crazy evil. Uh, you get nightmares and wicked impulses just handling an object that it has a bound demon in. Yeah. Destroying the object frees the demon, and they will immediately seek revenge against its binder, which is kind of neat because if you are not the binder and you release a demon, they're just like, thanks, and then they you can like follow yeah. them back to the person that, that bound them originally. Um, but that's cool. You can have a bunch of objects hanging out that have demons inside of them. Mm-hmm. The uh, I remember the Book of Vile Darkness. It has like an item description in the Dungeon Master's Guide and everything right. in Fifth Edition. And yep. one of its traits is uh, if you touch it and you're not evil, you there's a chance that you your alignment becomes becomes evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just turn evil from yeah. touching it because yeah. there's it's that much. Uh, it's it's none more black. Yeah, and like it can also just like straight up kill you if you read it unprepared, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I always like that you could just turn evil from reading the book. Yeah, it's the same with the other one, the Exalted Deeds or whatever. Oh, yeah, it turns you good. Yeah. 
um, the, no, the book of exalted deeds, yeah. which is, I, I like imagining that it's just like a list of like really literally a things. list of really yeah. good stuff that yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that the book of vile darkness is literally the book that was released in 3.5. It's like a book about yeah. like how to play uh, grim and horror. Uh, oh, focused yeah. role playing games. <laughs> yeah, but it like uh, it like breaks the fourth wall, you know. Yeah. So it's like the the your, the characters were like, wait a second, we're in a role playing game. Yeah, or oh, it makes them no. think that they might be. Yeah, and then it self uh, self fulfills the like satanic panic uh, <laughs> prophecies of Bible thumpers. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Demonic possession. Uh, so demons, whenever they're bound, they almost always leak out of whatever they're bound in. Yep. And they will seek to to handle their object. Sometimes they keep it subtle and like subtly influence a person's behavior. They might not even realize they're being, uh, possessed or they'll go full exorcist and completely take, try to take over. And then this is something that happens. I've seen people do games where like one or more of the players' characters are possessed. Yeah. And they'll like hand out everyone a note at the beginning of the game or they'll talk to people at the beginning of the game or whatever. And then one of them, most of them will say, you're fine. And then one of them will say, you're possessed. And you have to like play along. That can be fun, I guess. I've never been in one of those games. That's, yeah, I mean, be really careful. Yeah. There are board games like Secret Werewolf board games where like that's the whole game yeah is that so is somebody is secretly a thing yeah yeah so you could incorporate that into dungeon dragons like depending on if everyone's into it it can be yeah that's fun. the thing like yeah you might just want to do it on a whim but like a lot of people don't like playing games where your friends or your adversaries yeah secretly or not and like i'm not always a fan of it when like something about my character is like taken out of my control yeah. when i'm playing a role-playing game yeah, you know because yeah. i like to come up with a whole backstory and personality and if someone's like you actually want to do this thing now, yeah it's, it's like, not well, the, it's not the best don't, you wouldn't want to do that yeah you know? so uh yeah use sparingly or set it up at the very beginning yeah uh, the soul of the person is at risk of going to the abyss if the demon is exorcised or the host dies. The only way um, to ensure the soul of the person remains intact is if the demonic binding object is destroyed and then the exorcism is performed. So then that's another thing that you could have like a, a king who's possessed by a demon and you have to go find the, the object because it's been like absconded or whatever. Um that's kind of what that suggests yeah. to me. It's not much. Um, it's not. It's not what demons actually do, other than just like possess people. Demon lords, the chaotic power of the abyss transforms particularly demonic demons um, into unique boss demons. <laughs> and this is there's this weird part. So some are outsiders, and outsiders is kind of like. Uh, uh, a proper noun in D and D and it means things yeah. from outside the material plane, which uh, in the grand total of D and D are most things, which so yeah. I think it's funny. They're called outsiders. Everyone's very focused in the material plane and they don't know why. I think it's because people in the material plane are the only ones that have like true souls and they seem to be some sort of currency among 
yeah the rest of the multiverse seems that way or something yeah i don't know if they're important to more than just demons and devils and i always i, I the one theory i always had in my head was like the importance of the the material plane yeah right in the multiverse was it like it was sort of like the main connecty point of all the other planes yeah you know like there might not have there were like a because the material plane is connected to all the other planes, but there might not be connections from like the abyss to I don't right. Know, so it's like wild. a union station. Yeah, exactly. For all these things. Yeah, but yeah. then again, there's whole there's that there's there's other places in like the Forgotten Realms universe that are like specifically the nexus of yeah. that stuff, like so, Sigil or whatever. Yeah, right? that one. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of uh, up to you, and you can kind of care, and then stop caring, and then it's fine. Yeah. And do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. But some are outsiders. So these demon lords, um, some are outsiders. They're not demons, but they came from somewhere else, including Loth, who is the drow spider goddess. Drow are evil goth elves. (laughs) And Loth is a spider who got thrown out of elf heaven and makes a home in the abyss for some reason. There is also someone named the Dark Prince Grazd, and he is mysterious, and they don't know where he came from, but he might be an outsider. There's not much you can, like, I guess you could tack on your own thing with, with those things. Um, these are, like, weird tangents, but they make sense later because I looked them up. <laughs> uh, power and control. The greatest sign of a demon lord's ability is the ability to reshape part of the abyss that is its realm. A layer controlled by a demon lord becomes a reflection of its personality, and they seldom leave that layer, fearing other creatures will come in and reshape it. So that's kind of neat. I think yeah. that's I think that should be true of all demons, not just the demon lords. Like if you can control like one little little pocket, you can reshape it into whatever you want, yeah. but you might not be powerful enough to control more than like a room or like a bachelor apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that becomes like your like zone. It's yeah. like, no. Yeah. Everything's like got it just the but way I like it. Yeah, but like you can't really enforce it, so you're rubbing up against other people's zones all the time and there's yeah. still more fighting. Um and that could be a cool dungeon idea of like various rooms that are like individualized for each demon and then you could have like wildly different rooms attached to each other which happens a lot in dungeons dragons but then you could have a like a reason for it you could really amp it up yeah Yeah. totally um demon lords so we're gonna we're gonna blast through these (laughs) speed round demon lords lightning round Baphomet, he's the Horned King. He's the Prince of Beasts. He rules over minotaurs and savage creatures. He seems to be into animal savagery over civilization. That's kind of his deal. He appears as a blood-soaked minotaur with an iron crown topped with rotting heads, armor with spikes, and skull-like serrations. I don't know what a skull-like serration is, but yeah. I'm, I'm so, into it. So, like, if you zoomed into, like, the blades, the serrated <laughs> bits were, like, look, Had little, shaped like little yeah, skulls. Yeah, the little the molecules look <laughs> like little skulls. He's got a big glaive, which is a big, broad blade on the end of a stick yep. called heart cleaver. Oh, yeah. Although he often just throws heart cleaver and then charges... With his horns and and hooves. This guy sounds like he would be on the cover of uh, the band Heart Cleaver's album. Heart Cleaver. I don't know if there's a band called Heart Cleaver. There's definitely a Baphomet 
Yeah, there's that. Yeah, isn't there? I think so. <laughs> there's also a real, let's say, a real demon. But there's a big, there's a big deal about Baphomet in in the occult. Oh, I guess that, the uh, various occult practices. Is it Bahamut, like without the P? Because that's a Bahamut is a, is right. a dragon god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bahamut is a uncopyrightable <laughs> uh, entity, um, which I will quickly go over because that this this guy could be its own episode, but we'll, we'll try to not get bogged down. Uh, Baphomet is is a deity that the Knights Templar were accused of worshiping and has been subsequently incorporated into different occult and mystical traditions. It is the um the Sabbatic goat. It is the pretty uh I don't know about famous, but like well known image of the breasted goat person. Oh yeah. Uh head of a goat, big long horns with a crown that might be on fire pentacle in the middle of the face and two fingers uh reaching or pointing down two pointing up and there's like it's got wings like a devil person yeah you know yeah uh there's a whole it's it's so it's deep it runs deep it means a lot of different things to different people i think it is safe to say it is just generally used to mean I am into occult stuff as specific or unspecific as you want to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like, you could even just mean I like heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. I really like the band sleepy time gorilla museum. Yeah. <laughs> is that a, what you just come? What is that? No, they're a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're they're a real specific. band that uses a lot of a uh, satanic, satanic imagery. Right. In there. But they're, they have a song. Uh, called the donkey-headed adversary of humanity. Right. I guess that's donkey-headed, though. That's not goat-headed. No. It's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the spirit's the same, I'm yeah. sure. The idea is that the the image contains binary elements representing the sum total of the universe. So male and female, even though... I guess male in that the goat has horns, and I guess only male goats have horns, and then female with human breasts. Uh, good and evil... Um, I think it's like up and down because it's pointing up and pointing down hooves, but also wings. Um, there's, I'm sure more you get into, uh, pagan stuff basically. Um, but all of this rich and there's way more and you can get into Knights Templar and then you get into older, less goat, uh, heavy images of similar deities and the witches sabbath and then alistair crowley gets into it all kinds of stuff um versions of the tarot deck uh all of this is kind of not used yeah and baphomet is a is a real tough looking minotaur yeah who <clears throat> likes animals the prince of beasts prince of beasts yeah okay next demogorgon okay. Or the sibilant beast. I forgot to look up sibilant. Oh yeah, this I don't a, know that one. So I've looked up sibilant because I've, I've looked this up many times and I've never remembered. Having, containing, or producing the sound of, or a sound resembling that of the S in, or 
sh in sash. <laughs> the sh demon. The, sh- <laughs> yeah, the, the library yeah. demon. Uh, the sibilant hiss of a snake. Yeah. So this is a a hissy little demon. Yeah. He's not little. I don't know why I said that. Uh, he makes that noise, I guess. He's the self-styled prince of demons. That's what he calls himself. He wants to undo the order of the multiverse. And he is an insane assemblage of drives and features. I don't know if he is the proper noun, but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Because he's got two baboon faces that I think are male faces. Uh, tentacles, snake body, great ape torso, saurian lower torso, webbed and clawed feet, forked tail, two baboon heads who argue, which is A+. plus. Yeah, you got to have two heads that argue. So far, this is this is what demons... This is my number one yeah, demon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my guy. Yeah. Demogorgon's my guy. Um, I don't know much. I know he's a classic villain. I think all of these uh, demon lords are classics. Yeah. I didn't get too much into their origins because there's just so much to get into. But Demogorgon is, of course, the is most famous, I think, from um, uh, children thwart evil television show. Oh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. Here's one thing that here's the bug me about. I, I know yeah. what you're gonna say. Yeah. So the demigorgon. So the half our audience is <laughs> exactly. So the 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 creature that there were many of. Yes. From the upside down. Yes. They called the demigorgon. Yes. But it turns out there's lots of them. The one big thing that is controlling all of them and behind everything, they called the mind player. Right. They do. But, yeah, I, they I've do. only seen the first season. In the second season and the third season, the big bad is the thing they call the mind player, right. which is this cosmic entity that can control people's minds, I guess. It wants to take over the universe. Right. But like, so the demigorgon is like a singular creature. Right. And mind players, there's a lot of them, but they, they flip that. They get that backwards. Yeah. In the show. That's, that's, that's that is other a, gripes that, is that I thing. have, but like, yeah. I feel like those kids would know. If they're nerds. Right. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing that gets me about Stranger Things. And we're going <laughs> to... I have like 10 more pages to go through. It might yeah. be a two-part episode. I don't know. Because <laughs> we're getting into Stranger Things now. And I can feel my blood rising. Uh, So it is... It's a show like all about nostalgia. Yeah. Right? For good or worse. And it like... I liked the first season fine. Uh, Not, not, not too bad. Uh, But they get things kind of off and i don't know if it's on purpose or not if they're just like trying to show you things that you will like yeah like showing different colors in front of a baby right right yeah where it's like the kid one of the kids has uh the thing poster yeah um but like i don't know like maybe that kid would but the thing was not didn't do well like it wasn't like a a, a thing people went to see very like it well. would have been extremely niche yeah right? it would have been yeah. pretty niche especially in this like um suburban or almost rural yeah small town i will say though because i've seen people talk like bring up that criticism online okay. as yeah, well yeah. too and there is a scene later where their science teacher is watching the thing and like talking about the special effects right. when he's on a date with somebody, right? Oh, okay. and he's watching it on his TV. So he might be. So he and he's like a science teacher nerd. And he's guy, friends right? with the kids. Yeah, and yeah. then the kids are like AV club kids. Okay, too. yeah, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't get. I shouldn't read too much on the internet. Yeah, but I will but, say the Demogorgon. They call uh they call the monster the Demogorgon, right? Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, it's, it's just his Demogorgon. Name is Demogorgon. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> these and are. It, 
And there are so many creatures from the Shadowfell, which is the thing that they you, they they compare the upside down to. Uh-huh. Is that they compare the upside down to the Shadowfell, the other dimension where the monsters come from. Right. The mirror of this one where everything's dark and you know, so it's like the Shadowfell, right? Yeah. So there's creatures from the Shadowfell that they could have called the Demigorgon in the show, right? Instead of something from the Abyss, which is a different place. And mind flayers are from somewhere completely. This I don't know. The, but they are kids, though. Also, I guess right? so. You can just, I mean, but they're they're like what, like like ten year, like like ten, like in that ballpark in the first. I think season, they're a bit older right? than ten. A bit older. They gotta be like 10. eleven or twelve. Yeah, so I they're think. a bit older. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're I just hung older. out with my nine year old nephew, and I'm yeah. trying to trying to judge that yeah. my nine year old nephew. Uh, I don't think could handle. Stranger Things level uh, uh, problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know. You sp- spend a day with a ten-year-old kid. There's no way they're getting out of a monster encounter alive. No, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I really don't think so. I mean, I I, I like to be proven wrong. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I want to watch kids fight monsters, but like for real. I think is what I'm after, you know? Uh, anyways, let's end Stranger Things problems. So my problems aren't real problems with it. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fine show. You're doing great. So that score is brilliant. Score is nice. Yeah. Score is good. Uh, so the you see, yeah, it wants to destroy the multiverse, but the baboon heads argue, and it can't get too much done. I love this sentence too. The prince of demons also has two baleful baboon heads, baleful. both of them mad. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. that is a good line. Um, so fun to play as a DM, I think, and you can pretty much get away with whatever you want with the demogorgon. Yeah, because that's chaos, pure chaos. Uh, best demon. Uh, does whatever it wants makes no sense it's it's whole like deal is it wants to like make everything make less sense it wants to make everything make less sense yeah exactly and it doesn't even it can't even coordinate itself let alone it's like affect its will yeah properly good stuff uh grass the dark lord grazed a darkly handsome man uh he's kind of like dracula but he's got a crown of horns He's got six-fingered hands. He likes finery and pageantry. <laughs> and he likes sating his decadent desires with subjects and consorts. And he likes succubi and incubi, which are sexy non-demons or devils, but they are just like sexy humanoid monster people that yeah. seduce other people. That's all that's known about Grast. He might be an outsider. He sounds like just a dude that showed up and took over a layer of hell. Um, I don't know his history. I'm sure there is one. <laughs> Jubilex, 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 demon lord of slimes and oozes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> He's the faceless lord. The sole desire is to turn all creatures into formless copies of its horrid self. Into it. just it. wants to turn everything into ooze. Love it. I love that. That's great. Great. So this is an example of um, a demon that is specific, mm-hmm. but whose desires make no sense uh, is sort of self-defeating because once everything looks like it, then it has to stop. Yeah. Right? Like, would it be happy after yeah. that? Who knows? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's working itself out of a job. Yeah. And uh, exactly. 
and then just demon lord of slimes and oozes like no one else is really the lord of well, there's a few other people but like the the lords that are lords of a particular thing seem to be pretty arbitrary yeah so you got animals you got slimes and oozes mm. these are very like nature-based things yeah. so far um they don't it doesn't seem particularly demonic to me yeah it's just kind of like supernaturally monstrous. It's weird, but like you, you always have that excuse is like, well, I guess it's an infinite abyss. So right. Eventually, you're gonna get the cream rises. You're gonna yeah. get everything yeah. thrown at the wall, and then the cream rises to the top after it hits the wall. Yeah, that's so the like metaphor. Throw enough wills into a place, and one of them is gonna want to be the Lord of Slimes and Oozes, who <laughs> wants to turn everything. The, into yeah, that, you know. So great, good. Sign. I'm signing off on Dweeblacks. I like Dweeblacks. Yeah. Loth, demon queen of spiders, evil matron of drow. Uh, malice, viciousness, weaves plots across the material plane to gain control of the material plane. Looks like a lithe, imperious drow, and then manifests frequently to her followers, and then sometimes she turns into a spider to frighten or scare them. That's the entry. Um, much ado is made of Loth. I don't really care. I've never cared too much about Loth yeah. as presented. Uh, Loth hangs out in the abyss as far as I can tell because she was in the original Advanced Dungeons and Dragons book that she turned up in uh, just put her there yeah just like domain the abyss and then like nothing else was said about it and then I think authors have like bent over backwards to explain why this is the way it is and for some reason it's important so there it is um i think it's kind of neat that a god can just like crash into the abyss and then yeah. like take over a spot yeah i like the there's sort of like a thing though because like you have the the regular elves that are like mostly good sometimes mm-hmm. weird but they're above ground then you have the below ground elves that are evil yeah so you have that, that elf gods that are like in the heavens but then you have in the abyss below the multiverse you have the evil equivalent so it's like a mirror of like the you know yeah yeah Uh, it makes sense drow are pretty evil anyways yeah but drow live physically underground as well i guess so so i was like it just like the the abyss somehow seems underneath the rest of the under the underdark yeah 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 it's (laughs) like but like if you were to like map out the multiverse in like a three-dimensional map yes like I'm sure it's it'd be like non-Euclidean. It wouldn't actually be like this, but like I would I would put the abyss below the rest of the multiverse. You know, I think yeah, that that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, um, I think there is a map of it somewhere. I'm th- I keep I might be thinking of a previous edition, but uh, it is pretty. It's pretty down there. The abyss is down there. We'll yeah. say. <laughs> Uh, then you got Orcus. Yeah. Orcus in Prince of Undeath or the Blood Lord. Worshipped by the undead, uh, is brooding and nihilistic. Uh, has a rotting goat head, goat legs, bat wings, and a man torso. Yeah. Uh, has something called the Wand of Orcus and loves undeath. So that's Orcus. Uh, just like an un- just undead is, yeah. is his deal has a wand it's important it's one of those uh like you know old famous um original modules mm-hmm. orcus so he gets grandfathered in 
not really into the demons being into undeath because it's a lot of overlap with other creatures. You got yeah. like everything else is into the undeath, you yeah. know. Get get into slimes. Get into slimes. Get into spiders. Beast even is like a yeah. you know slime acceptable. Spiders. Yeah. There you go. That's slime a niche. beasts. Yeah, slime beasts. Furry slime. <laughs> and then you got Yinagu. Yinagu. <laughs> Yinagu, the Knoll Lord. Knolls are hyena people that we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise known, Yinagu is the beast of butchery, loves slaughter and senseless destruction, loves gnolls. Wants them to destroy everything until the last surviving gnolls tear each other apart for the right to eat the dead. Great little detail. That's the moment the Unigog wants the last two surviving gnolls killing each other yeah. so they can eat the dead. That's great. He looks like a scary gnoll with a flying triple flail called the Butcher. <laughs> so a triple flail is just, I guess, a whip with three whips. Yeah. And the whips are called the Butcher. And he's a scary hyena person. His armor is a patchwork of shields and breastplates claimed right. from claimed from fallen foes. Right. So he's big, I guess. They're, I think they're all pretty yeah. big. They're demon lords. But uh, so that's his deal. He's he's a demon lord of a specific species on the material plane. Uh, okay, good. Yep. There are others. There's. Uh, it gives you a bunch of names, including, uh, Fraz. Fraz Erblu, the Prince of Deception. <laughs> you get you got Kostchi, Kostchi, the Prince of Wrath. You got Pazuzu, Prince of the Lower Aerial Kingdoms. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Pazuzu is a real Sumerian demon, I mm-hmm. think. Who I thought I looked up, but I forgot to do so. I'll, I'll do a little side look up on that. Pazuzu. I don't know what the lower aerial kingdoms are. And then you got Zug Tamoy, the Lady of Fungus. That's great. Um, which are fine. These are fine. But they're very kind of easy, low, low-hanging low fruit. Yeah. I think. Um, especially fungus. Like, we've already got slimes and oozes. Those are just kind of like mobile fungus anyways. Yeah. So we don't need another person. Prince of the Lower Aerial Kingdoms. Interesting. Um, Pazuzu was the king of demons of the wind in ancient Mesopotamia. He was the bearer of storms right. and drought. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I think he's also, what's he from? He's from some, oh, he's the demon in the exorcist. Oh, right. So that's, that's Pazuzu. Uh, famous guy. He hangs out in the abyss. Um, and then you get the demon types. So the run-of-the-mill demons you're likely to run into in a day. This makes no sense to me. So it says, Demonologists organize the chaotic distribution of demons into broad categories of power known as types. Most demons fit into one of six major types, with the weakest categorized as type 1 and the strongest as type 6. Demons outside the six main types are categorized as minor demons and demon lords. So you have this infinite plane yeah. of chaos. Yeah. And it's boils down to like six Six types, types, which don't even include some of the types. Yeah. And 
type one includes three different kinds of demons. Three different ones that have nothing and in just, common. They're just yeah. grouped together in terms of power level. Yeah. Which the uh, challenge rating in the book already does for the person reading the book. Yeah. So the types by number thing, there's no reason for it. The only reason for it is um, in when they first showed up in D&D, uh, so there's the the first one I'm gonna talk about is the Balor, the Balor. Yeah, Balor. I never pronounce these things <laughs> out loud before I read them. I've always said Balor. Balor. Yeah. yeah. So do, I think it's Balor. Um, so Balor is a knockoff, a total ripoff of the Balrog. Yeah. From Lord of the Rings. Like to a T. It's, Absolutely. It's exactly right? it. Yeah. Um. So that originally was the case also they just threw in balrog and here it is and it's a demon and then they got in danger of being sued because uh people noticed obviously (laughs) yeah and then they changed the whole thing changed the names of all the demons into just types so they were demons and then a balrog was a type whatever type one demon type two demon type three demon so this weird by type thing is just a weird, unnecessary holdover that connects the classifications to older D and D. So weird, yeah. so unnecessary. It's, un- it's not helpful, and it's never mentioned again yeah. in, the, in this book. It's not useful. Can you imagine, like your 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 these seasoned heroes, like you've traveled to the abyss? It's like, wait, is that a type four demon? Oh yeah. no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and type then, four. Yeah, they look it up in their little Pokedex. But then, yeah, it makes it, it's unhelpful. Uh, uh, there's also a whole thing with the names of the of of using demon itself. So there were demons and devils, and then there yeah. was satanic panic, right? Uh, and D and D was under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of uh, fire yeah. from different groups. And then they changed the names of demons to be like Tananari or something like that. Right? Yeah, I refuse to look it up. Uh, and the devils are like. B- bzozos <laughs> that's not it uh but they were changed and then the heat died down and then no one cared and then they renamed them demons again but also the tananari and the bzozo thing stuck yeah. and are around of course it did and they're uh so now these weird like legacy artifacts are all over the place luckily not so much in this but anyways that's something i noticed um Baylor. Ancient and terrible evils, Baylors are genesis power and they lead wars. They have flaming whips, lightning swords, hatreds and rages, and uh when they die they make a big blast of explosion fire. Yeah. Yep, they're 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 <laughs> yeah. tough fights, you know, they can fly they're around. Fights. They're tough uh, fights. Yeah. They're tough fights. So there are two things happening with the Baylor. Um, there's the ripoff of the Balrog, yeah. which are uh, also demon devils in the Lord of the Rings mythologies. Yeah. Um, oh, God, Emily's going to kill me. They are, I think, fallen angels, just like in Christian mythology. Maybe, or are they creations of uh, Melkor? Uh, but Melkor is a, a, right. a fallen deity. Yeah. Or not maybe not fallen. <sighs> Getting it all wrong. I didn't look it up. Just thought I could riff it. Cannot do it. Um, but it looks like uh, 
we can't record too much longer, but there's more demons to get through. So we might have to do a second episode. We might. Yeah. Um, so there's the, maybe we'll, we'll talk about the, Bal, uh, the Balrog more because yeah. it, it deserves a bit more attention. Uh, the name Balor, right. or Balor, yeah. which they substituted with Balrog, um, comes from Irish mythology and uh, is the name of a particular Fomorian who was a supernatural uh, creature, sort of a giant, but a, like, right. um, a beautiful spiritual creature. But he was a tyrant who destroyed things with his great eye, it is said. And uh, uh, the interpretations I read have said that he's supposed to be a blight or drought god. There's some story about um, Baylor um, having his daughter in a castle and then an Irish hero invades the castle, uh, has sex with his daughter, and later on defeats him in combat and this is all supposed to be about uh storms bringing rain and right. giving, <laughs> making crops better dad why does the st- why does the rain make crops go well you yeah. see there's this great demon lord yeah this could kid, destroy things with his eye yeah and he had a i had this daughter there's always there's always there's like apparently a bunch of irish myths yeah. where there's like a bad guy who has a daughter and then the hero comes and has sex with her <laughs> It happens a lot, but uh, but hey, there you go. A lot of Irish monsters are weird horses too. In Irish oh, really? folk tales, yeah, this is one. I'll episode two. I will come back with its name. Okay. But there is a horse monster that you only—it's the front half of a horse hiding in a cave. Okay, and the front rest of it of is horse. this horrible slug monster, and it can grant wishes i guess uh but you, you can't get too close to it or it'll pull you down it's horrifying like a like a cave a mouth of a cave right and there's like the top half of a and horse the top half of out. a horse pokes out <laughs> and the rest of it you don't see <laughs> and there's a bunch of other ones that are you just you could see a little bit yeah it's... i don't see a horse poking out of a hole in the wall without seeing a little bit of the slug mm, yeah i don't see how that could go down Unless the horse is lying down. I'll st- stay tuned to part two for more details about the horse monster. Yeah. Yeah. Another horse we, we monster. Can, I can, we can probably go for another like 15 minutes. Yeah. What are we at now? Like an hour now. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Barlgura. Barlgura. Yeah. Um, they represent the savagery and the brutality of the abyss. They gather in packs. They keep trophies. They look like Hulk orangutans with tusks. I don't get... uh, They're fine. There's something about um, monstrous apes that is good. Yeah. I'm not sure if it... I don't know if there's another ape monster in the book. There's the gorillion. Right. Yeah. So there is. Yeah. So there's another ape monster which does exactly the same thing. It is just a savage ape. Um, I like Savage Apes because they're like, they better represent, I think, the violence and savagery that humans are capable of better than like a werewolf myth, maybe. Yeah. Because, I mean, humans are just a species of great ape, right? Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So I think it speaks to more of like, a, kind of like how the Lovecraftian Abolith speaks to like a lineage of like a evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, monstrous apes remind us of like the 
the, our cosmic origins as yeah. like violent psychopathic yeah. beasts whereas a werewolf i guess is more of like the the inner uh turmoil of like someone's urges or something yeah and know? it's it's so easy to look at like a like a chimpanzee or gorilla and be like there's i i i did i can see the clock ticking inside of that thing yeah you yeah know? there's something weird and un- so uncanny about it yeah and so like when they turn around and rip people's faces off it's like oh right yeah right it's like That's, watching like your weird cousin of of yours do this it's, it's easier to like put your like self in the apes shoes which makes yeah. it more horrifying i ape think shoes. yeah that should be a demonic uh object ape shoes ape yeah shoes. so these guys they're high ranking they're uh, another low ranking uh represents savagery and brutality of the abyss which there's a lot of things that do that already yeah same with the demon lord that's like the wrathful or whatever lord yeah of wrath like they're all wrathful it's nothing but wrath except for the, the ooze guy yeah which is i like uh chasme or chasm i think it's chasme because they slapped an e at the end of it yeah. so we'll do chasme uh humanoid and fly yeah walks on ceilings and walls has a droning sound uh that produces terrible lethargy in people they are used as interrogators and taskmasters so they're like middle managers and they capture and return traders so they like manage lesser demons for the benefit of better demons and they uh-huh. are fly people yeah and they have a buzzing that can make you sick yeah or lazy yeah and <laughs> a, a big proboscis yeah um so that's them fly people are fine insects cool monstrous like i think the problem my issue about these these demons is that they're very bestial they're all kind of animals yeah and i think that within the infinite possibilities of something evil uh like lay off the animals yeah like when I think of demons, I think we've talked about this before, but I like looking at like uh the um that painting, the tripped, the 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 Bruegel's Roman Spash, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the Garden of Earthly Delights, is that what yeah. it's called? And if you look at the uh rightmost panel, right, it's full of the weirdest shit. Yeah. It's great. You know? Yeah, like unclassifiable monsters yeah. poking just doing like having fun being evil um yeah and that's kind of what i like if i had more time i would have i will get into it now demons i think should be more psychologically rooted in human beings i would like a D &D universe where they are like um being spawned from the abyss is kind of cool because it's just like endlessly making evil creatures yeah but i also demons as interpreters like they pop up in cultures all over the world are very closely tied with people yeah and afflictions like ancient mesopotamia they were the cause of every illness mm-hmm. and uh most natural disasters and they they're not just like forces of nature they are deliberately trying to mess with you you people they care about your reaction and your misery they're not just like the north wind it's like the north wind fucking with you that's its job as a that's its identity and i think that demons could be better used in this game uh 
if you give play, uh, dungeon masters ideas about how to run with that idea more because devils which get into later are more typical they have hierarchies they have understandable motives and they have monsters that can be fought yeah and a lot of these demons are they have stats and they're just kind of like this one's a hulking beast and this one has like uh paralyzing buzzing noises and it's like here's how you fight them yeah but in in folklore and mythology demons uh can't really be fought that way and i think it's interesting when you follow that kind of course yeah. more like how do you fight or deal with a, a, an exorcism yeah is more interesting than how do you just like fight this demon yeah person. totally yeah or like fighting is could be part of it but like i think it, uh, you could benefit from more have more fun with like getting into people that are possessed by demons maybe and like mm-hmm. how they are modified and like what they can do to the world yeah yeah because one of the things about demonic possession or like uh, the way there's a lot, I read a lot about what Christians think about or particular Christian uh, sex yeah. think about demons. And there's like a whole codified list of things that demons are about and yeah. how to handle them. And one of the things that they do um, beyond possession there's like six different ways demons can fuck with you. One of them is possession. Another one is obsession. Right. Where they don't take over your body, but you're kind of, you get these creeping obsessive thoughts where you have to these like uh, monomaniacal uh, compulsions yeah. to do things. You just start getting like really consistent intrusive thoughts. More intrusive more, thoughts. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and you can manifest, like you could manifest these in a game in all sorts of ways where you have villains that are like, causing problems because they're doing something off yeah it's not necessarily they're not like spewing vomit and and like yeah doing the exorcist stuff they're like hoarding strange objects or they are like they're they're going around town like causing problems yeah uh and then when you investigate further you realize that they have a demonic possession and then you get into like more how do we fight it? How do we draw it out of this yeah. person? And then you can get into combat, but like combat should be like one thing that happens. And even like, yeah. And like even making like the, like going away from the regular kind of combat, right? Because like they, they just reform in hell and come back. Yeah. Right. And like, maybe there's an easier way for them to come back. It's because there's all this stuff in the book about how it's an ordeal to get them through, but it, you know, that doesn't always have to be the case. Right. Yeah. So I was like thinking about how, so in um uh with demons uh so in like Warhammer there is the 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 chaos gods right and then there's Corn who's like the god of bloodshed and violence and everything and any bloodshed like for any reason any violence committed by anyone Corn gets a piece yeah it, <laughs> like anything makes Corn yeah. stronger right even when you're fighting against when Corn invades your planet, right? Yeah. And you beat him, you you'd like beat all of his followers and defend your planet. He just gets stronger because violence happened, yeah. right? So you can't use violence to yeah. stop Corn because like he is violence. And yeah. so when you have these demons that are like forces of destruction, these cosmic forces of destruction, maybe by its very nature you have to find a non-combat way of stopping it because any combat is just going to help its. Ah, that's a. This is a beautiful idea. You know? Of course, you would yeah. think about this. <laughs> you nurturing man you yeah. of course yeah that makes total sense that's uh 
that's great. And that is like a very, you could, uh, your average player group are, are going to result to violence yeah. immediately. And maybe you can like kind of set it up so that when they do that, inevitably they can see how it actually makes things worse Ooh. and they have to figure out like a non combat way of doing it. Yeah. I remember there was a, there was a podcast about dungeon dragons where somebody was like, say, it was like, what is an adventurer? Well, it's someone who goes to strange places and uses arcane magics and violence to kill strange creatures. <laughs> yes. That's what a hero is. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, and there's, and that's true. Like, there's only so many ways you can change the game from being what it is because there are so many options on your character sheet that let you like hit things yeah. in different ways and like use magic to like defeat opponents. And it doesn't really help maybe to like make demons. Um, this person has like chicken pox, and you have to like exercise the chicken yeah. pox demon out of them. Uh, not much of a game necessarily, mm-hmm. but like. I think there should be more of a focus on like, I think there should be a uh, like randomly generated way, like a way to randomly generate individual demons. Yeah. They should be modular, you know? So like yes. there's different pieces you can put together, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of did this. So in, in Curse of Strahd, which is a adventure module mm-hmm. for Dungeon Dragons, there are were these uh, mongrel folk that you bump into at some point that are like the result of a weird experiment. There's a whole backstory there, but it gives you a chart to generate your own mongrel folk yeah. with like, Oh, some of them maybe have lizard hands and goat feet and yeah. like a chameleon face, you know? And, and so, they, and they aren't even necessarily don't even have to be a big part of that game. No. Right. That was a small part of we played. Yeah. They were very, they were kind of kind of tertiary. They were yeah. really major players, but like it could be, it would be easy. It should be part of the their demons. They should yeah. be wildly different. Yeah, the, the entry for demons should have been like a chart, like a series. It should of have charts. been like a D, like a bunch yeah. of D one hundred charts or something. Yeah, totally. And like, and then ideas for like what are their domains, right? Because if yeah. uh, Dweeblex or whatever is the demon lord of oozes and yeah. slimes, you can be like, this guy is the obsession. This demon rules over people's obsessions with uh, like a particular color. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That like leads. They're yeah. so obsessed with like needing everything to be the color blue that they like yeah. ruin their lives. Because ultimately, what demons want is the ruination of human souls. Yeah. So and however they can do that, they will. So you could like that by itself is the yeah. way to go i think it's like uh you know um uh, uzumaki you know uzumaki I, yeah yeah it's like that There's, everyone's like turn everything into spirals everything yeah. has to be spirals like that's yeah. that's that kind of drive obsession yeah. to do that yeah so that's what i think next episode we'll we'll go back into demons it's yeah. only going to be a two-parter i promise because we're almost we'll get through these demons we'll do the lightning round there's there are more individual demons to do and then we'll get into a bit of real life demons and exorcisms but there's some great there's some great demon stuff there there's you some real good demon stuff uh, and we'll cover i wanted to cover the uh hierarchies of demons because yeah. we can get into there's, there's like demonology is a real thing yeah um and it includes it comes with the kind of uh caveat that it's like demonologists recognize that for most of them anyways that like demons aren't real but what they are studying are like uh, uh, evil spirits in various cultures and how they are represented and how they're similar because a lot of them have similar 
Um, but there are a lot of books people made that try to classify demons, particular demons, give them names. And something I found hilarious while reading about them is that it's like the people that made these books and some of them are like author unknown and some of them are like kings of scotland and so yeah. <laughs> it's like uh they had no source <laughs> they're just they just made a book yeah and then i guess at a certain time in like the medieval era and the renaissance it's like if you had a book simply the existence of the book yeah. was proof enough of the words contained therein yeah so they're taken very seriously so these books have survived yeah, because they just existed because that's, they made them. That's at why the time they did for so long. People were like convinced Atlantis was a real place because Plato makes an offhand reference to it, right. and like <laughs> Plato. So yeah, like everyone throughout the Renaissance, like everybody Looking for like for the longest it. time, were yeah. like, "Well, Plato wouldn't just make something. It's up. in a book." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fake news hadn't been invented yet, yeah. and these books are real. But we're gonna stay away from them and the. The, the all those great illustrations in the lower key of Solomon yeah uh, that we've talked about before I think in the angel episode and others because those are, that's devil stuff yeah that's devil stuff we're gonna focus on demons who possess people who are craven primal uh, energy sources yeah uh, concerned with the lower emotions mm-hmm. and want to turn everything into slime that's the best okay so we'll leave you with that uh, monster mash onwards. Uh, this is the part like like rate and subscribe i guess yeah leave a review if we got a, we got a th- we got a bunch of five star reviews hey and thank we got you a th- and we got a couple four star and we got one three star that's fine that's fair yeah that's okay <laughs> did it leave did the, did the re- three star review leave any constructive criticism no this well, is yeah i know that's okay the thing. what do you want to see three star yeah what do you want what do you want from a podcast talking about monster manual monsters let us know this is, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you possibly want more than what we're doing based on our, our premise? I don't know. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Let's know. Go, talk about it. We got uh, <laughs> email as monstermanualmash at gmail.com. Um, I don't know why I want likes and, and, and ratings and stuff, but everyone else does, and I feel like I have to. Um, next episode, we should make up uh, a commercial. Yeah. Let's <laughs> We'll just invent a commercial. That's we'll have some uh, sponsors, some fake sponsors. Yeah, we'll invent sponsors. Like if that's what you want, yeah, and that's what we'll do for you. We could do the thing. Uh, uh, we'll do uh, bad sponsorships. So we'll 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 do a sponsorship of something, mm-hmm. and we'll do a bad job, and then we'll stop doing that if they start if they giving us. us money. Okay. Yeah, we'll try that. Let's get let's get weird. Okay. Monster Mash. Uh, we don't have an outro. There's we nothing, don't. There's nothing you normally say. We just say goodbye usually. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.